0: You seem disappointed that I only want to watch the game.
1: (laughs) I just like everything about the Super Bowl, so.
0: It doesn't mean that that the commercials aren't fun or whatever, but I I sit there during the commercials saying, let's get back to the game. (laughs) I mean, halftime? I haven't watched halftime in forever.
1: I don't know. I just like the whole atmosphere. Oh, I don't blame I don't
0: blame anybody who loves the commercials. I think that's great I think what's happened though over the years is that you know the commercials were a big deal big deal big deal because this is when new ad roll new ads roll out you know I mean this is really the start of the ad year and so that you know this is the big splash but what happened to the commercials along the way is the game got good after being a lousy um uh, after having a series of mediocre games where you needed something else to keep you interested, the game itself got really good. So that's why it got to the point where I couldn't wait to get back to the game because the game got good. Halftime? Oh, man, run out of marching band, get the thing done, 12 minutes, go back out there. (laughs) You don't like that, do you?
1: Just give it a... Well, I don't want to say give it a chance for this year because I don't know how good this year is going to be, especially after hearing that CBS report. going to be dumbed down a little bit. But try with the commercials.
0: I wasn't paying attention. All right, so... (laughs) Our play-by-play call of the day. Uh, Today's show brought to you by Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Summary, the beverage supermarket, imports domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water, soft drinks, snacks, lots and lots of snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and not every day in the pickle bar, led by the barrels of the dills, indeed second to none. Also six great flavors of slushies, all at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street in Summary, the beverage supermarket. Iowa can score. Iowa can score a lot of points. The problem is, is they couldn't defend a CYO team. They give up a lot of points. Ohio State on the road gets it done. Nungi with four threes and 14 points on the night. Each team has four players in double figures. Arms wide open again. His second in a row. Ah, ah. Oh, man, it's like a video game for these guys. Exactly, Dan Schulman, Jay Billis with a call on ESPN. That is how Iowa plays. Iowa scores a ton of points. Iowa gives up a ton of points. Ohio State won it, eighty nine, eighty five. Uh, back in the old, day, back in the day, uh, Friday morning, uh, I would go in to do the pregame show with Joe. And the TV people were there because. Either he'd meet with the TV people first and then me, or I'd do the pregame show first and then the TV people go in. And so you get a chance to really sit down with everybody and talk before Joe was ready for whichever order it was going to be. And so I had a chance over the years to talk many times with Holly Rowe. And to be honest with you, you're not going to find a nicer person on the face of the earth. You don't like Holly Rowe. You don't like people. And she's going to be a part of the... Uh, Pink Zone Virtual uh, Brunch on Wednesday. Holly, welcome! It is so great to have you with us.
2: Well, thank you. I'm excited to talk to you. I listen to you for many, many years. Anytime I'm driving in the Midwest during football season on a Saturday, so I, I've heard your voice many times.
0: Well, thank you. I appreciate. That's it. very kind. Of, it doubles our ratings, by the way. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> First of all, uh, uh, you unfortunately had to miss the college football playoffs. So how are you feeling?
2: I'm feeling better. I had a little bout with COVID and I, you know, I wish people would be more open about how yucky and really serious this stuff is. It was tough. It's taken me a full three weeks to kind of get back to normal a little bit and still have some like stamina issues, you know, like you get up and get going and you think you're fine and then it just hits you like a ton of bricks. So it's been really ugly, so I hope people can still stay safe, and I'm hoping that we get this vaccine rollout going so we can get back to normal. Yeah, we need
0: to get you one, okay? Got to get you one. I so know, easy.
2: I know, uh, I know, for sure.
0: Absolutely, because obviously you know, you've had to have the fight along the way. When they told you you had cancer, what ran through your mind, and then uh, how did the fighter of Holly Rowe come out?
2: You know, it's so weird. I had a kind of weird journey where they told me I had cancer and I didn't really panic initially. You know, I cried a little bit and I was like, wow, that's crazy. I never thought I'd go through that. But then I thought, oh, it'll just be simple. It'll just be a surgery and it won't be any issue. And what I didn't realize about cancer is you're not in charge and it does what it wants inside of your body. And so I had quite a few um, metastasis and, uh, you know, additional surgeries and then it eventually got into my lungs. So, it was a really scary, um, experience. And yet I kind of kept going and doing things that I loved and I kept doing games and kept going to sporting events. And I think that still having a joy for life and really having an eye on the prize of life, yes. I think helped me a lot in my battle of like, what can I do that still brings me joy? And what, what am I still living for? And I think that helped a ton.
0: I, I I wouldn't doubt that because attitude I think means anything in, in what you're doing along the way, and you're passionate about what you do. And by the way, let's establish something right away, very quickly. I for one do believe that in 1984 BYU was the national champion in football. So let's, yeah. let's, so let's just let's at least establish that. I watched that game with Michigan in the Holiday Bowl that night. So, David, I you know they're one undefeated team in the country. It was your group.
2: All right. So exactly. Maybe. Exactly. Yeah, I was a diehard BYU fan. You know, it's so funny when I was home during quarantine lockdown, I started cleaning out my garage, and I'm not even joking about this, Steve. You'll get a kick out of this. I found a box of like old yellow newspaper clippings <laughs> that this like this 14 year old girl had clipped out of the yeah. newspaper to save, and you know, fifty, literally forty, forty years later. I still have those BYU football clippings, so I thought it was pretty awesome.
0: Robbie Bosco. Oh, yeah. If I remember, Robbie Bosco.
2: Exactly. Number
0: six. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Uh, For you, something I've always found interesting, and I've talked to Todd Blackledge about this, is that you really immerse yourself before you do an assignment of watching a lot of video, or as we would say, tape. Uh, which in what I do, obviously, is important to get ready for a Saturday. What drove you in that direction that you wanted to make sure that you had as much information as the guys up in the booth?
2: I think number one is I started to learn pretty quickly that the tape doesn't lie. You know, like coaches can tell you, oh, this kid's not very good or this kid's not hurt, and, and then you watch the tape and you think, oh, No, that kid's definitely limping, and they're not going to be able to use him Saturday because of X, Y, Z. And so I learned very quickly that the tape doesn't lie. And the other person who really got me watching tape a lot was Matt Millen. I worked with Matt um, as one of my analysts, and he and I would spend Thursdays, and we would sit in a room on a campus when we'd get to town and probably watch tape for four or five hours, um, and it would just be me and him in a room. And one of my favorite stories about that is Matt Matt and I are in this room at Oklahoma State, and we are watching the left tackle of Oklahoma State, and he's going to be a high draft pick and a really high-rated kid. And he is getting beat around the edge over and over and over by this sophomore kid from from Texas A&M and so I start googling and I ask Matt I'm like well who's this kid that he can't control on the edge and it turned out it was Von Miller as a <laughs> sophomore at Texas A&M <laughs> so I feel like Matt Millen and me were on the Von Miller train before most people in America and that left tackle was Russell Okun from who has gone on to be wow. a terrific pro yeah. and, and he just couldn't handle Vaughn so like little fun stories like that and we can see special things early by picking it up on the tape of these young players.
0: So what does that then, now let's translate it to the sideline, because I think that's an incredibly tough job because the windows are so narrow to do what you need to do. So how does that help you to help translate those short windows into being productive ones?
2: Yeah, I think that the more data you cram into your brain, right? So like I go into a game and I've read all this information, I've watched all this tape, But I never actually know what I'm going to use because so much of my job is on the fly and like, oh, I see that, you know, like, how can I quickly relay this to the audience? And so I feel like I just have to have a lot of information that I can pull on quickly and I never know what it's going to be before the game. Um, you know, we really these days have very few pre-planned hits anymore. I think back in the day we used to do that, like, oh, I want to get this story in or this story. Right. Well, now with social media, so many of those stories are already out there. It's how can I react to what I'm seeing in front of me, and how can I further some of those stories?
0: And that, that I know in, in teaching a broadcasting class here, I'll tell them, for example, that, you know, Jack Ham and I will have all this information. But we probably use 5% of what we garner, but the 5% changes every game. So you don't right. know which 5% it's going to be.
2: Right. It's like having this big basket. Yep. And one game you might take the apples out of the basket, one mm-hmm. game you might take the oranges. But I always kind of feel like I've had a really good game when I didn't use any of my kind of pre-planned material because mm-hmm. I was able to quickly react on the spot and provide good information right then. Um, I'll give you one example. Last year in the national championship game I was doing radio for sidelines and Joe Burrow took a big hit right before the half and he came limping off and he wasn't okay and he couldn't catch his breath. And I was standing right next to them and I could hear him say, I can't catch my breath. I can't and he was really bothered with his sternum and his ribs and i'm like well if joe burrow goes down in the first half of this game that's not good so i really made a point to be there when he ran back out from halftime um he came out early and tried some throwing to see if he was okay and he could twist and turn and so these are all just kind of things that you're observing and are happening on the fly that are important to the broadcast
0: there's also that moment where dan shulman and jay billis suddenly they can't see anything. Nobody can hear them. And you had to fill in on play-by-play. Play. So what was that experience? I mean, I'm sure somebody <laughs> said, I'm sure you probably heard the words, Holly, do something.
2: Yes, exactly. <laughs> it was about 10 to 20 seconds of sheer terror because, uh, you know, you don't know what's really happening and your producer just says, take it, Jane, Danner, down. They can't go, you know, and you just jump in. But what's super cool about that story to me is, over 20 years ago that happened to Michelle Tafoya so you know I'm this young up-and-coming sideline reporter and I'm looking up at the women who are already doing my job as as mentors and and people to look up to and Michelle was doing a game where Sean McDonough got ill and couldn't continue the broadcast and so Michelle had to jump in and do play-by-play and that I read that story and I remember thinking wow I better prepare my game board as if I might have to do that someday. And so from that moment on, over 20 years ago, I have prepared a game board just like a play-by-play guy would for both football, basketball, softball. Like every sport I do, I have this big chart, much like you probably use for your games, so that anything were to go wrong. And what's funny is now I just prepare that way, so it's nothing extra in my work effort because I'm just used to doing it like that. But it finally paid off after 20 years. And so the, they, they go down, I have to do play-by-play. So it happens one time in the, in the one game, and we think we've got it all sorted out. And my heart's racing, and I'm like, okay, I probably did okay. But, you know, that wasn't great, but I probably did okay. And then we were coming back from halftime of our second game that night. And it, literally the producer's counting down from halftime, 10, 9, and at 8, he says, holly they're gone you've got to come back with this sponsor we come back with this sponsor read and then give the start and I, and so i had eight seconds to prepare to bring us back from break at <laughs> the half and do probably by play for another three or four minutes and um it was it was crazy
0: you you were uh, by the way i saw when shulman and bill done you were terrific you really did oh, uh, okay not a good job you did a great job That's oh thank you uh you also have done, along the way, part of the assignments have been the women's final four and so forth. How gratified have you been by the growth of women's basketball over the over the last couple of decades?
2: Oh, my gosh. It's just so amazing. So way, way, way back in my beginning of my career, I one of my very first assignments in the women's tournament was I did a first and second round when Remy portland was the coach and helen darling was the point guard and they were playing at louisiana tech Mm -hmm. where um, leon barmore was still coaching for louisiana tech and that program was one of the powerhouses in america um and so you know i go way back with the women's tournament and i just love how it's grown it's mainstream now I mean, I think Enrique Agumbawali's shot a couple of years ago with Kobe, you know, tweeting at her. Right. I think that was, um, you know, she won an SB for that. I think that was maybe a watershed moment of, I think a lot of people watched before, but that became like mainstream, right? Where it's like, mm-hmm. You know ESPN's talking about it on Sports Center, and and guys are tweeting about it, and so I just feel like the women's game continues to grow. Our, I know our WNBA ratings from this year in the double, WNBA bubble, um, our ratings were up in a year where every other sports rating is down, and so that was really cool.
0: Yeah, no, that's no, that's terrific. It shows the tremendous progress that's been made because I think in part the college game has now done a great job of establishing, quote, stars who then go to the pro game. So they're going into the pro game already with people familiar with who, who they are. Do you do you feel that way as well?
2: Totally. Is I think, number one, their games are better. I think we have individual stars because of how good their individual games are. Right. And then you've got these platforms where college sports is a marketing machine. I just... I just did an interview yesterday with a young man named Cade Cunningham. Now, you guys remember his name. He will likely be the number one pick in the NBA draft.
0: Yep. Oklahoma State, his brother's on the staff, I believe, yeah.
2: Yep, yep. yep. And he had to make a decision this summer because with COVID, and then Oklahoma State um, has an NCAA issue that they're appealing right now. He had to make a decision. Do I go pro and go overseas somewhere till the draft, or do I go that new G League route where he can make, you know, around $500,000, although that's kind of fallen apart with COVID, or do I go play one year of college basketball? And he and I talked about He's like, I am so grateful I'm playing college basketball. There's nothing like it. I'm having the time of my life, and my name will be remembered forever with Oklahoma State, and I love that. And so – It just made me realize what a marketing machine college teams and brands are. And so now you have someone come out of UConn. You have someone come out of Penn State. You have someone come out of Texas A&M. They're they're branded in such a way and have had such a marketing platform that they can jump into stardom very quickly.
0: On Wednesday, you'll have an opportunity to be the guest speaker at this virtual brunch for the Pink Zone. So obviously it's a cause that is very important to you. What is the base message that you want when you have an opportunity to talk to the great people that will be on there?
2: Yeah, I think there's a couple of things I want to talk about. Is Number one, early detection. I think that women, we, you know, we tend to be the worst, and we, we take care of ourselves last in our families. You know, we worry about everyone else and take care of everyone else first. And I guarantee there are women listening and maybe even men listening that you have that one Thing that you need to get checked out, whether it's a, a small lump in your breast or one of your lymph glands doesn't feel right or you've got a spot on your skin or whatever it is that you need to get checked and you've been procrastinating. I think I have found through my cancer journey that early detection would have saved me so much yeah. in, in my health. And so early detection is something I really want to get on people about, especially because throughout COVID, I think a lot of us aren't going to the doctors right. because we're scared. And so I really worry that we're going to have kind of this surge in cancer diagnosis after COVID is over. I'm very concerned about that. And then the other thing is resilience. I mean, we we cancer is a piece of our society. It's unfortunately something that's happening with our environment. And you you may be diagnosed with cancer. So how can you be resilient? And I hope to share what I've learned. And some of the things I've learned, too, about it's hard to ask for help. I'm someone who, like, I don't like to ask neighbors to help me carry something in the house, let alone take right. care of me when I'm ill. You know what I mean? Right. Of, like, the days that you're not yourself and you're vulnerable, uh, learning to be strong enough to ask for help.
0: I want to ask you one more question, but it's a broadcasting question, because uh, part, of, part of what I do here is I do teach a broadcasting class. Now, it doesn't matter, male, female. Holly Rowe is a great broadcaster but there are a lot of young women in my class that look up to you. So what would you tell them if you had an opportunity to look at them about something that a couple of things that are important that they need to remember of trying to move through the ranks of what can be a tough business.
2: Yeah, I think number 1 what I would tell them is be getting reps now in college. I think when I was in college, you know, we did not have the internet and social media and digital media like it is now. And so I would have to wait to get hired by someone on a game. And with no experience and, you know, no background, of course I'm not going to get hired. So I had to create my own opportunities. So I think now that young, young people, and particularly young women, develop content, have your own blog, have your own website, have your own right. YouTube channel. And then content is king. You know, we are consuming so much content on our phones and websites every day that if you have and can find and tell good stories you will be employed and be um, a great commodity to people. So content is king. Look for stories, be curious, find information, and then you curate that and put that out there, and people will want to hire you.
0: Well, you're incredible, and we really appreciate the fact that you're going to be doing this on The Pink Zone. Uh, Everyone around here really appreciates it, and uh, pro-to-pro, I appreciate the great job that you do all the time.
2: Well, oh, thank you, Steve. I, I made a little promise to God. If I made it through cancer, I was going to give back at every turn. And so I, I'm so excited to give back to Penn State and this Pink Zone game. I hope you'll all register and, and that help us raise money for cancer awareness and research.
0: Awesome. Holly, thank you so much, and all our, all our best to you. Thank you, Steve. Holly Rowe, ESPN. King is next. Another big blockbuster hour. And uh, don't forget, on Monday, I'll talk about the game. Matt will review the commercials, the pregame show, and also halftime.
1: <laughs> we'll cover it all.
0: I'll take care of the game. Here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Taking your calls at 800 795 9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Imports, Domestics, Micro Brews, best selection of beer anywhere. Wine coolers, water, soft Drink, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day in the pickle bar. Led by the barrels and the dills, indeed second to none. All at Brewer's Outlet, Reagan Street, and Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. They also have six great flavors of slushies. So stock up for the Super Bowl weekend now. Beat whatever snow is coming in. Do it now. We're on 1070 as you get in the car. And uh, we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia it's 11 and 15 in Humble's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new inventory. Fabulous pre owned inventory. Great array of that, all with the Sunbury Motors guarantee. At Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at SunburyMotors.com. Ladies and gentlemen, is that time of the week the king? Maybe. Hello? There he is.
1: Be Reader. nice if I put your pot up. My bed.
0: <laughs> you know, if you would just stop thinking about the Super Bowl commercials the pregame show and the puppy bowl.
1: Hey, <laughs> no, uh, puppy bowl, I don't do. I, do, I, st- I draw the line at oh, the puppy bowl.
0: I'm really glad to hear you have standards. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Eating a baked potato is good. Hey, you know what I heard today? Are you there? Well,
0: yeah, oh, yeah. We're, I'm, I'm just listening. So,
3: remember the Flake Gate? Yeah, and how Brady? They said he cheated and all that. This is his right. fourth Super Bowl since then, and you know they watch everything he does. Right. Well,
0: I, I still, I still to this day maintain that Deflate Gate, just in a personal opinion. I think the officials kind of botched it up, in my opinion, before the game, and didn't check anything, and I think that the NFL covered up for him.
3: Yep, I agree. The whole I thing
0: was dumb, you know. I mean, in the I NFL, mean, it,
3: four, yep. Six years later, he's been in four Super Bowls. I mean, they he, let it. He, he, they, he can't let it cheat drag away out. that much, you know.
0: They let it drag out. They let it drag out. They let it drag out. It was really about as poorly a handled slice of absurdity as I've seen during the course of my career. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I always love when they do this. And we interviewed 400 witnesses. How much is interviewing <laughs> the eight people you need to interview? Okay, really? I mean, for God's sakes.
3: Oh, poor I poor guy I, I makes can't, a minimum wage blowing the balls up, get screwed. So. Yeah,
0: I know. It's just, we interviewed 400 people. I don't care. I'll, get rid of the th- <laughs> Stop wasting time with the other 392. Just get to the eight that matter. Right? You'd, I know, be, you'd be amazed at how, no, how many
3: millions of dollars did they spend trying to get him? That oh, I know. Crazy. It's, uh, you know. It's just, And then he just went on and said, fine, I'll just, I don't care if you give me a tennis ball, I'm going to win the game. So,
0: For good, for goodness uh, sakes, I mean, this is what people are realize. You do know they change the ball in the Super Bowl on every play. Really? I didn't know oh, that. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, they have, I don't know, 140, 150 of them. They cha- Why would what they, they do, do is do they that? because they take the ball then out of the game, and they give it as a gift to the sponsors of the game. Oh. So everybody, so all the sponsors get a game ball.
1: Well, it won't be Budweiser. <laughs> so. They may have to do that this year. Did you guys see the forecast for Tampa? Don't look good. Really, we might have a repeat of Super Bowl forty-one. No. So Who is that good for? Nobody.
0: Well, no, yeah, it's fine for Mac because he only watches the, the commercials and the halftime show.
1: <laughs> no, I, I hated that Super Bowl 41 when it rained. That stunk. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Actually, no, you, know you know what, though? You want an even playing field. You don't want to. I like the indoor ones, you know. It's everything is, everyone's got the same advantage.
1: But the whole thing with this playing field thing, with Tampa being at home, I mean, even the turf is going to be different.
3: It doesn't matter.
0: I know they're, 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 it
1: doesn't matter. I
0: mean, Kansas City is still home right now as we speak. I mean, they're not leaving till tonight. They've spent they've spent the whole the last two weeks at home.
1: I mean, are there likely you know, going to be more Tampa fans there? Yeah, probably. But you know what? There's going to be twenty two thousand. So who cares?
3: Not going to be yeah. a big deal. No, it's not going to be a big. Oh, deal. there's a lot of people from all over the country. You know, that at least what eight thousand frontline workers. You know, sure.
1: yes, yep.
3: three seventy five hundred. Country, not not from Tampa. So that's a third of the people right there. So
1: mm-hmm.
0: so. so I guess it's going to be a prom- fun
3: game. I, it's going to be real fun. I just hope the weather is not a factor. So you I know. don't know who that helps. You know, maybe Brady's got a little more experience playing in bad weather. I don't know. But we'll see. Well, Brady's Kansas, got more experience than anybody <laughs> in Kansas, any weather.
0: Kansas City's not in the banana belt, so I think uh, Mahomes is fine. All right, so.
3: <laughs> oh, Mahomes is, he, that kid's, Mahomes is so good. There's no, there's. this is going to be a great football game. Kansas City's better team. There's no question. But it's not. It's one game, you know. Like when the Giants played the the Patriots. One game. Then they
0: played again, and then they played again and won that one too. All
3: right. So, uh... no, I hate. I hate what some people are just so. You know, if Brady loses this game, he'll be six and four in Super Bowls, and that really tarnishes it. You're like, good lord, the guy played twenty years in the NFL. He's in ten Super Bowls. Who cares if he wins or loses? It doesn't tarnish his career. That some players let's... never make it there at all, you know. I think Otto, the Otto Graham, spent half his career, he spent in the Super
0: Bowl. I think Otto Graham was in ten straight championship games. He was seven and three. I think his legacy is fine. All right, so uh, let's take a break, and then we've got lots of prop bets, courtesy of the suit who's in the back corner office writing this down because. <laughs> You know that last part where they insert gambling problem called one eight third Okay, you yeah. <laughs> know come back with more in a moment on News Radio ten seventy WK okay. patronage all right prop bed time
1: are you ready for this boys all set i'm ready but we're <laughs> getting a half
3: a foot of snow someday.
1: we're only getting one to two here thankfully
3: uh, i'm done with winter but okay i'm ready
1: all right so we're gonna do the usual ones first national anthem how long is it going to be jasmine sullivan and eric church doing the national anthem this year king
3: anything but that guitar solo Um, (laughs) you know i'm sitting there looking at jimmy hendrick national anthem i'd say will be two and a half minutes two minutes 31 seconds
1: all right steve
0: never heard of this people i'll say over <laughs> this is it's their 15 minutes of fame they're going to milk it
1: so what's the exact amount
0: you can always tell by the way when the first note is oh so, oh no <laughs> <laughs>
3: Can you imagine Just, at the end if you have money on it yeah. <laughs> and you hit it right on it and then the guy or girl starts, like, really harmonizing at the end? You're oh, like, yeah. shut up,
0: and Stop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll say 210.
1: 210. All right. I am actually, I'm going to go 215 because it's a duet. They're probably going to have some harmonies in there. A you know, lot's happened in the country, so I think they're going to drag this out, too. But I'm always, for one, just stick to the melody, stick to the script, and you always do that like, justice. But I go 215.
0: Like, I'm ready. Kick off.
1: <laughs> I
3: love Lady Gaga. Well, yes. Of course, I love Lady Gaga. She
1: was spectacular. Yeah. That was at the inauguration. Wonderful.
3: Yeah. My God, it was good. Couldn't stand her dress, but <laughs> she's only five foot two. So.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. All okay. right. Uh, next one, coin toss. <laughs> I,
0: I got a game tonight. Let's, let's go. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Is it going to be heads or tails, Steve, and what team's going to win the coin toss? Uh,
0: tails and uh, Kansas City will defer.
1: All right, King. Um, I got heads,
3: and Tampa Bay will take the ball.
1: I'm going to go tails, Tampa Bay defers.
3: All different. I like it. Could there be something different than we have?
1: (laughs) Or it could be it was was almost botched when um, Joe Namath almost messed it up Super Bowl 48. Remember that one? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Could be that way.
3: How about it's heads and Kansas City takes the ball. (laughs) None of us got it right.
1: It's true. All right, so now, these ones I kind of made up a little bit. These aren't the typical ones, but I thought they'd be funny. So the first one is, just what we were talking about earlier, with their, is there going to be a home field advantage for the Bucks? No. They settled this yesterday. They said they will not fire the cannons that they traditionally do at Raymond James Stadium every time that the Bucks score, touched, or every time the Bucks score, period. So, my question to you guys is, how many times will the cannons fire King?
3: Well, if they won't fire it when they score zero.
1: Steve,
0: once after the national
1: anthem, I think you're going to get it twice. Once right before kickoff, and once post game. There you go. There we go. All right, the next one. This is kind of <laughs> this is kind of a typical one. I I, sh- I should say that. What color is the Gatorade bath going to be for the winning head coach, Steve?
0: Mauve. <laughs> no, I like I it. I don't know. I, I'll go with. I'll, I'll go with orange. I, I really don't care. Like.
1: I'm actually I'm going to,
0: I'm just trying to keep myself meddling in this segment. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with orange too because that is, if I remember correctly. I think that was the type of Gatorade that Andy Reid got dunked with last year. (laughs) So I think the Chiefs are going to stick with that superstition and use it again. So I'm going to go orange as well. (laughs) King.
3: I'm going with the regular Gatorade lime.
1: Lime. Okay. I like
3: uh, it. You know, the the regular Gatorade. Of course. Yes. Is it like yellowish lime? Yeah. Yeah.
1: I see that. Yeah, the original Gators stuff. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Oh, boy. Next one now. Of course, the number one storyline in the Super Bowl are the quarterbacks. So my question is, how many times or how many stories are there going to be? How many segments are there going to be with Mahomes versus Brady in the CBS pregame show? <laughs> King.
3: <laughs> um.
1: Seven. Steve.
0: None. No, i just, uh, <laughs> just <laughs> kidding. I don't know. Four. <laughs> I'm not even going to watch.
1: <laughs> I'm going to go five. Gotta
3: watch. I got to shovel snow. Go ahead.
0: Pre- the pregame show? I don't watch the pregame
1: show. Give me a break. Yes, we've been through this already. Yeah. Steve's solely on the game.
0: I haven't watched no, I have the pregame
1: show. No, no. no. He's getting painted in- during the halftime show. Exactly. I can't wait for that. I'm sure. I live for it.
0: I got to look at the weekend's picture when I walk into my broadcast booth in 90 minutes. <laughs> I do. He's a big picture of him right outside the broadcast booth.
1: There you go. All right. This next one is actually kind of atypical here and there. How oh, many do you have, Matt? I have five. Five. Right. Okay. For Brady Mahomes' stories in the pregame. This next one is common, actually. How many marriage proposals by players are we going to see post-game of the winning team, of course? King.
3: Oh, boy. Kansas City has a lot of domestic problems. So I think none over there. I think you might see um, Gronk propose to his girl. So I'm going to say one Tampa Bay zero on Kansas City.
1: Okay. Steve? Is
0: I don't care an option? <laughs> uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, zero.
1: <laughs> zero. Zero, <laughs> zero. I'm, I'm going to go with one because there's always that guy. I'll just go with one. I don't know who, but I'm going to go one. I'll stick with it. to wow, be wrong, I'm telling you. Wiggins has scored 18 or,
0: Wiggins has scored 18 or better in three of its last
3: five. It gets really weird after that. Well, I know it's, it's not going to be Pat Holmes because he's
1: already engaged. He got engaged the night of the Chiefs' ring ceremony last year. Everybody saw that famous social media picture with the two rings. Yep. Yeah, there you go.
3: It's a special day.
1: Yes. All right, How think
3: people will wear a mask in the stadium?
1: <laughs> I, you know what? I didn't think of that. That was a good one. Yeah. but I don't or have that written down officially it way, hopefully it's everybody to yeah
3: Well, oh, am supposedly gonna kick them out if they don't so.
1: no. there you go alright so this next one I think is one of my favorites now you guys are familiar that sometimes Tony Romo when he gets excited from like a big moment in the game ever since he started with Jim Nance he'll go here we go Jim how many times <laughs> is Tony Romo gonna say here we go Jim Steve <laughs>
0: Again, is, is I don't care an option. I no. Okay, I'll go with I'll go with two.
1: I'm going to go with two as well. Once right before kickoff, and once before like a big play in the fourth quarter. King. Four, four. Okay, I like it. He's going
3: to do it for the uh, halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
1: good. That's good.
0: good. (laughs) Here we go. Here we go, Jim. Let's get
1: out of here. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Final one before we actually get to the game picks. This is a two-part question. If the Chiefs win, how many cheeseburgers is Andy Reid going to eat post-game? Let's start with that first. King.
3: How will we know? (laughs) That's a good question. Okay. Hamburgs. Or... How many will he
1: eat? Five. Five. <laughs> I'm gonna go three. Steve.
0: <laughs> I'm stunned. Think it out. Break it two, down. Two. Two. Uh, two. Uh, okay. Yeah, but whatever. I just will act like Andy's a normal guy.
1: <laughs> now, if Bruce, How many aired, are you gonna have two? Yeah, he has two. Two. I have three. All right. Then, five. Then, then the final one is, if the, if Tampa Bay wins, Bruce Arians knows, is known to like his scotch on the rocks. So how many shots of scotch is he going to have post-game if Tampa Bay wins? Steve. Eight. <laughs> I'm going to go six. King.
3: Three, eight. I say three before the game. Oh, my. And six after a- nine.
0: How, how many during the game? No.
3: <laughs> That's what they're over is head if they win.
0: Yeah, okay, I, mean, I mean now it's gonna grass. sound like okay, now it's gonna sound like the shickle no. broadcast. Oh no. All right, so, <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right, and finally, game pick, final score, MVP. Steve.
0: Uh, Kansas City. 37-31, to 31, MVP, Patrick Mahomes, and Will Levis is going to Kentucky.
1: Hmm. All right. There we go. Thought I'd slip that in there for you. King. 28-24, TB12, TB12. Okay. I am going to go 31-21, Kansas City, and... I am going to go with Mahomes as well as my MVP. So there you have it. Lock him in. Locked
3: in. TV 12. I All just...
1: right, well, I'm,
0: I'm back in 90 minutes.
3: <laughs> Did you enjoy that, you have a game tonight?
0: Yeah, I have a game tonight. Maryland. How's the Terps. team doing? Uh, right now, 6-8, and eight, but 33 in the net. So, if they can win a couple of games, they might put themselves in position here. They won three Good. of their last five. One three oh, of their that's,
3: last that's, five. It's yep. so tough for these kids to play. It's really hard. So, you know
0: They are. Across the board, I give them a lot of credit. I know UConn's yeah, been struggling I give them to all
3: play. credit. Every, every college sport, I give them credit. This is very difficult. You can't get in any rhythm. You know? It's just
1: very difficult. But
0: Well, I'll enjoy the game. You guys enjoy all the (laughs) other stuff.
1: Enjoy the game, boys. (laughs) Oh we will. Everyone stay safe.
0: Remember there is also a game.